Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Super Review Show's Mixed Bag coming to you live once again from the JK. I am joined by my good man, Bill Murphy. What's going on, folks? And just remember, everyone, we the best. We the best podcast. We are the best podcast, to quote DJ Khalid. Um, so, Bill, why don't you go into tonight's topic for us for tonight? So, we got a big discussion ahead of us. Oh, we got a big discussion ahead of us. Guess what, JT? It's what, a very it's a very spidey Christmas. Yeah, spidey Christmas. Whoop, whoop. Well, okay, for those of you who've been living under a rock, <laughs> well, just this past weekend, Spider Man No Way Home got released. Yes, and we both saw it. And yeah, we both did. So today we're going to talk about it, and okay. We want to give you a fair warning. This is going to be spoiler film. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, my first response is, what the hell are you waiting for? Get a mask on, get your ass to the theater and go see it. Yep. <laughs> That's my first response. What are you waiting for? My second, my second, if you haven't seen it, you don't want to watch this because we oh, are yeah. going to give everything away. Yeah, we're going to see what theories were true and what wasn't. We're going to go into the whole. So if you haven't seen everyone. this, click away, click away. Yes, click away. This is our. This we're going to give you a few seconds to click out of here. Yeah, five, four, four, three, two, one. Okay, if you're still here and you haven't seen it, you've been warned. You have been warned, ladies and gentlemen. You have been you have been warned. So, anyways, here we go. Now, without without further ado, let's talk about this movie, Spider Man: No Way Home. Bill, I got to tell you right up front before we even just get started. I I was going to have known that. Knowing that this was going to be a good movie, I knew I had a feeling this was going to be a good movie from the get go. Oh, I did too. What were your, Bill? What were your initial going into the theater impressions of Spider-Man: No Way Home? I'm like, I've been waiting a while for this. I am super yep. psyched to see it. And you know what? It. And you know what? I'm going to be honest. Yeah. It wasn't good. It was fantastic. <laughs> it wasn't good. It was fantastic. Of course it was fantastic. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is probably now in the top five of best Marvel movies for me. Really? I would now wow. put this in the top five. Wow. I just, words. I was really... I was really... I had a... There was a lot... You know, it's like those things where you want to be extremely optimistic, but you also want to be realistic and say, okay, don't don't get your hopes up. Because a quote in MJ from the film, expect disappointment and you'll never be disappointed. Exactly. Ain't that the truth, buddy? But I was like, you know what? Let's see what this movie's got. Because let me tell you, I didn't get to I didn't see this until Monday. Yeah. Because I'm not going to get into the reason why, but 
I had to avoid spoilers for four fucking days. <laughs> Same here, I, mean, I said it was tough. It was tough for all of us. Like I was texting my good buddy Alex Nitai. Alex, if you are watching, shout out, my friend. I invited him to be on tonight, but unfortunately, he was unable to come on. But shout out, buddy. Um, he said, yeah, I said, yeah, I might see it this weekend. And I said, yeah, I'm going to see it Monday afternoon now. And he was like, let's see how long you can go without avoiding, without, how long you can go without seeing any spoilers. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the spoilers no, it was, were. It was so I, tough. I know. It was really tough, bud. It was really tough to try to avoid spoilers. But you know yeah. what? I did it. Good I for you. Did it. So, anyway, what I would say this. So walking in, I'm like, I got to admit, it was kind of busy for a Monday afternoon showing. Yeah. And I got way up in the back. I'm like, okay, here we go, and. Oh my God, this movie didn't just live up to my expectations. It exceeded my expectations. Yeah, same here, bud. This was freaking great. I am so. It really was. Yeah. All right, JT, what were your initial thoughts? Wow. Going into this film. I, I I know I did a I did an initial reaction to the movie afterwards, but I gotta say going into it, I was like, all right, I'm gonna see the movie. I was I, I knew I was in for a treat. I could based on the trailers, they brought Doc Ock back, they brought Green Goblin back, all this stuff. And I gotta tell you guys, the honest truth, this movie had a lot of surprises, big surprises, as my man John Campia would have said on his review. Um big surprises, incredible things like. Let's face it. We all knew that Toby and Andrew were going to be in it. And yes, they were. Andrew Garfield is a great actor at denying stuff. And he was acting. He was acting acting on the Today Show. He was acting in front of this person, that person. So he totally knew he was in it. Toby was more quiet about it than anything. But regardless, though, regardless, though, I have to say the one of the biggest surprises for me personally, Bill, was actually only for one scene of the movie. And what was One of that? the biggest surprises was Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil. Yeah, we'll get to that in one second, but I just want to give a special shout-out to Mr. Joe Wiley. He's watching. Hello, Mr. Wiley. How are you doing today? Good evening. So, How interesting, considering I just saw it a couple hours ago. Well, dude, all I can say is you are just in time. Yeah, welcome to the spoiler-filled discussion, my friend. Seriously. Yeah, so seriously. now you can participate. Yeah. So anyway, hopefully other, hopefully other people have seen it too and they can join it. But I gotta say, Daredevil, he needed a lawyer and they did it. And what that showed for me personally was that Marvel is not afraid to take risks and and cross over things that we didn't see before, or we have seen you know, or haven't seen before. You know what? Because because I think I remember you watching it because you showed it on your Instagram. You watching um, John Campia talk about this and you asked. Yeah, shout the out to and- shout out to Campia. Camp- is the man but yeah you asked the question do you think daredevil is going to be in and he goes i don't think it's going to be daredevil i think it's just going to be matt murdoch and he was right and you know what i'm going to admit this 
And this has a couple different things I'm going to say. But first, I don't want to say I was disappointed in it. But I think they just did that for fan service. I mean, I think they did too. But also, I mean, let's just put it this way. You guys say, See? We got that. Daredevil! Mamorax! Mamorax yeah. it! You know, that could either be seen as like fan service or just, See! Mamorax! You know, because a lot of me was thinking, one side was thinking, Ooh, are we going to see him later as Daredevil? Or, or this is all we're getting for tonight, for the show, for the movie. Sad yeah. to say, was the latter. But it was cool yeah. to see Charlie Fox in it. It was a great moment with him in there. With Ma- the fact that we had Charlie Cox as Daredevil. Well, no, as Matt Murdock. Not Daredevil yet. I'm sure there's a Daredevil film in the works somewhere in Marvel Studios because of the Netflix show, whatever. Who knows? But the fact that he was in it was a huge... I was pumping my fist. and I, I never do that in theaters. I was pumping my fist at the fact that I saw that. You know, so this, I, it was awesome. This raises another question. Yes, Bill. Can we be seeing a Daredevil MCU film in the not-so-distant future? I would say the likelihood has gone up. I will say that. I'm going to say yes, because I think it was in Hawkeye, I want to say. Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. the Kingpin, oh, yeah. is now in the MCU. Yeah, because so, of the, uh, the Hawkeye show. So now I'm thinking, okay, is now Charlie is now Daredevil in the MCU? Hey, I mean, I would say and that. I, 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 let's face it. Let's face it. Those Netflix shows were in the MCU. They were just outside of the actual universe. If they're they're on the outsides of everything, you know, like they reference the Hulk, but they don't say the Hulk. They say the big green guy. They don't go into depth of it. Yeah. So, could we be seeing a possible Daredevil movie in the MCU in the not so distant future? I would love it. I would love it because it is my. For those of you who don't know, Daredevil is my favorite Marvel character. He is my favorite Marvel character they've ever created. I love him. The born again. If you want to get into good Daredevil, good like hardcore comic book reading, listen, watch, read Born Again. Watch the Daredevil Netflix show. Uh, I would go so far as to say watch Daredevil the movie too, because I mean, despite whatever you may think of it, it's still a pretty good movie. Um, because you know what why, I like about Daredevil, he is the um, yeah, he is the what he is like. I would say he is like Marvel's version of Batman in a way. He is. He absolutely is. And you know what? They make him a pretty like. I don't know if you remember in. I want to say it was in the first season of um of the of the Netflix show. Yeah. And he's like fighting this guy who worked for Fisk or something like that. And the guy is like, please, please help me. Please, if, if I don't do this, Fisk is going to kill Betsy. Betsy? Because, you know, they never explains that like his sister, his mom, or his girlfriend, or his wife. And Daredevil's like, okay, listen, here's the deal. You help me, and I'll protect you and Betsy. So... You can see he's got like that moral conscience. And here's an interesting fun fact. Like, um, and I want to for sharing this information. I don't know if you've ever watched the channel Wisecrack. No, I haven't. You should. It's very cool. So shout out to Wisecrack. Good, good channel. But 
they actually, you know, how they show how Matt Murdock is like a very devout Catholic, like because oh, yeah. how his name is Matthew. I guess they took that from how how a lot of the justice teachers of the Catholic Church are in the Gospel of Matthew. Yeah, no, that's true. This has been Random Facts with Bill. Random Facts with Bill. So anyway, um, yeah, so I think in the future we could be seeing a more, an MCU Daredevil film. I, and I remember you, you said um, Christopher Nolan would actually be good for it. Hey, I, I think, look, after the Dark Knight trilogy, to be honest with you, I mean, this whatever people may think of it in good or bad terms, because some people like it, some people hate it, some people love it, some people hate it. I because I've met people in my life who actually hate those movies. But uh, hear me out: the way Christopher Nolan directed the character of Batman was incredible. Because I would love to see a darker Daredevil film with this type of Netflixy Daredevil thing. But would Christopher Nolan direct it? I it was just a fan thing. plug for the my thoughts on video that I did, but. What I what I love to see, a uh, what I love to see a, a Christopher Nolan directed Daredevil film. I would love to, hell, I would love to see that. But I don't know if it would be. I don't. I don't know if he's the right fit. I mean, he because let's face it, he's done a lot of work over at Warner Brothers in DC, and Warner Brothers in general. But him jumping over to a Marvel, film, I think that would get people more excited for that film in general too. But I don't know. I just sound off in the chat board for those who are listening and watching us live. Yeah, but um, what do you guys my- think about a? What do you guys think about that? My thoughts before we move on is I think it would be good a, a Nolan-directed Daredevil movie if it wasn't an MCU film. I see what I see what you're yeah. Because I think Nolan's style, Nolan's style and the MCU style kind of conflict. I I, I, I tend to agree with that, you know. Because I mean, Christopher Nolan's Batman thing is very, you know. Yeah, his his it's a darker tone. But like, there's a joke in the, I want to say it's in the Nostalgia Critics Superman um, Man of Steel review going, before they get hit by the Nolan Ray. What? You know, the Nolan Ray. So you remember how she's actually charming? Nolan Ray! And now she's more serious going, let's just one hit of the Nolan Ray! The Nolan Ray! Whatever it's important, it can always be more important. Yeah, I mean... It could but always be more seeing... important, JT. It could always be more important. <laughs> Heck yeah. Nolan Ray! God bless it. God bless you, Christopher Nolan. But, but anyway. actually, what I, what I love at first I would. Are you kidding me? What was that? If I if I had the opportunity, if I if I was Kevin Feige's personal assistant, I would feed into his arm and feed into his head and say, look, Kevin. Dearest Kevin Feige, let's make a Matt Murdock Daredevil film with Charlie Cox playing Daredevil as a movie. That would be awesome. I agree. I I love love the character so much. He, he's such he's 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 kind of an R-rated character in a sense, but at the same time he's not in some capacity. He's he's on and off, which is I like him a lot that way. So that's me. Yeah, but Daredevil so- was one of the biggest surprises in that movie. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. My only thing is, I think it was just fan servicey. Like, Matt Murdock! See? Matt Murdock! Yeah. 
But I mean, well, at least at least we know that he's now officially in there kind of thing, you know? Yeah, so I think now Daredevil is part of the MCU. Welcome. Heck yeah. So um, but so that was the first big surprise that I loved about this movie personally. I loved it. I love, 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 loved it. Um, one now we can't go on any further without talking about Toby and Andrew in this movie. Now, like as the title of this video suggests, full on spoilers ahead. I think the dialogue between the three of these actors was perfect. Oh, I thought so too. You know what's another thing? How I just said I thought um. Daredevil was very fan servicey. I didn't think this was too fan servicey. No, I don't think this was that fan servicey at all. Because I think it's just they, they found a great narrative to put these characters back in there. They found they found a plot device to bring them in, and it all made sense. I mean, what do you think? Because you know, I was thinking that they were just going to come in in the last fight scene. Yeah, I thought they were just going to come in in the last fight scene, which they but, did. But, but you know what? I I got like the comedy leaving up, leading up to it when it was when Ned was doing the the portal thing. Oh yeah, the the, the wizarding thing. Yeah, I'm saying I'm magic. Uh, show me Peter Parker, and then walks Andrew Garfield. Yeah, and then Toby Maguire shows up too, shortly afterwards. And then, you know what? Okay, spoiler. This is when, um, after Aunt May dies. Yeah, spoilers for that, which actually happened. And yeah, they she gets crushed by something when Peter's trying to when Spider Man's trying to fight the Goblin, Electro, yeah. Doc Ock in Happy's apartment building, then something crumbles and kills her. Yeah, well, that was and, that was the most emotional part for me. Yeah, hey! Like, yeah. And like, there's this, um, there is this part, like, when he's on top of the roof yeah. of the school, Right, and then, right. And then they, sh- and okay, there's got to give a little more context here. Um, they wanted to, they wanted to what you call it. Um, they wanted to. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, okay, he- they wanted to what? Spider-Man wanted to change them so they the villains so they wouldn't die. Yeah, and no, then, that's true. And then when he gives, he, when he feels like giving up on that, because remember, Doctor Strange tells them it's their it's their fate; they got to accept it. Yeah, I mean, that was I gotta say that was one of the biggest parts of the movie too. Was the villains? He actually really tries his best. 
to cure them or rid them of their of their their pain. Which he, he yeah, and you know, I think Doctor Strange kind of took that from um from the Marvel show What If because yeah. in an episode about with Doctor Strange saying that you know I forgot what the woman the girl's name is but he goes off gets into an accident and then he tries to okay what if we took took a cab what if we did this what if we just stayed home and watched movies. Yeah. She would have died anyway. So right. It's her fate. You can't accept. You can't escape it. And I think that was the same thing here. It's their fate. They can't escape it. But then that scene, when Peter is full with just so much anger, and then, and then goes Peter. I want you to meet someone, or two people, and it's both Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Yeah. And and they're like, listen, we know what it's like. Oh, you don't know what it's like. And then when Toby McGuire said, I lost my Uncle Ben. And I wanted to kill the guy who did who did it. And I did. But you know what? It didn't it didn't fix anything. It just made me more angry. Yeah, and you know how I I kind of like that sort of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield more sort of had more of that brotherly type role to Tom Holland. Yeah, or how Andrew Garfield was I lost Gwen, who was basically my MJ. Yeah, it really I gotta say this movie like really tied up a lot of loose ends as. As far as the other films went, too, you know, if you think about it. Oh, absolutely. Like, like this movie kind of picked off, picked up where the other films left off in the other franchises. And yet it made. It was a perfect plot narrative too, like the multiverse. It brought all these characters in and it brought them back out. But seeing. These characters these actors back on screen was probably one of the biggest highlights of the year, to be honest with you, of, of any movie fan or any cinema. If you're a fan of any sort of superhero film, if you have not seen this and you've already, you're watching this and you've already heard all this, get on it. Like there is so much in this movie, whether it would be small fan service here or there, or simply having this, the, the two other spider actors who played Spider-Man come out and play these characters. It is, it was well worth it. They did a fantastic job. And the way they introduced Spider Andrew Garfield's Spider Man and Peter Parker and uh, Tommy McGuire's Spider Man showed how amazing these films can be. It and what I mean by it tied up loose ends. The Amazing Spider Man films are kind of just left off because they just canceled it. The three and four, they canceled you know, other films, or they repurposed Venom, whatever. And we'll get the Venom in a second too, but. I'm really happy the way they tied off those fr- those films with this film, which was a really nice touch that they did. Um, but that's just my initial impression. Wait, Bill, am I making sense by saying that like how this movie really did a good job at tying off loose ends on the other franchises? In a way, yeah. Yeah, I mean, did not was it like a direct sequel to them? No, but it definitely it just picked up right where they left off. So, 
So absolutely. Which is which was great. Um, speaking of Venom, should we talk about the post credit scene? Uh, I think there's other stuff we should talk about first, but um, I want to talk more yeah, about yeah. um these three. Um, I did like Tobey Maguire, but there's sometimes I, which I I did enjoy having him on screen, but there are times I felt like with Andrew Garfield, he was talking to him like a life coach. Sort of, yeah. You 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 saw that too. Like it was the first yeah. time when they saw. Peter and MJ and 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 I remember Peter looks um Toby Maguire looks to um Andrew Garfield goes, You got someone doing I did, but you know, I'm way too busy. Like I don't have time for Peter for Peter Parker stuff anymore. Go, what about you? And he goes, mm, it's kind of complicated. Goes and then he goes. And then Andrew Garfield goes, looks like that stuff's just not in the cards for people like us. He's going, nah, don't ever give up. Like, we made it work. So, sweet. Me and MJ. Go, me and, no, different MJ. I know. It's confusing. But there were but there was a time, like, when Toby, that time when they were all, when I kind of did find this part funny. Toby, Andrew, and Tom, and they were all talking, going, what is the craziest villain you ever faced? Going, you're seeing most of them right now. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, um, we're, we're going to get to this guy in a few, but mine was a crazy black alien with goo. And he's, of course, talking about Venom. Venom. And then he goes, oh, that's so cool. The only thing I got was a crazy guy in a, in a rhino costume. And he's like, hey, hey, stop the down talk. That's amazing. You're amazing. I'm like, okay, as much as I was happy to see Toby Maguire in the movie, I felt like he was just like a life coach. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think it, it didn't ruin everything, but it was just cheesy. I mean, well, maybe they're, maybe they're just che- trying to keep the tradition of the cheesy dialogue from the Raimi movies. I would not bet against that, to be honest with you. You're amazing. Like, okay, you're talking to him like he's a frick, you're a freaking life coach. Um, yeah, but what I liked between Toby and Andrew, we haven't had, yeah, he cracked my back and like, yeah, I've been having back problems too. Because, you know, I've said this before. Toby Maguire was nearly 30 when he first started playing Spider-Man in 2002. Yeah. He's now just a couple years away from 50. That's frightening. He's 46. That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> so he's like just it's it's weird. Like seeing me for when he first played Spider-Man, he was a he was like just pushing 30. He's now almost he's now basically pushing 50. But I kind of like and Andrew Garfield is basically pushing 40. Like I have these back problems too. Maybe they put that as a joke. Like, ah, ah, we're getting old. Maybe we're getting old. So, oh, yeah. which I kind of found funny. Like, okay, I, I just want to say I don't think Toby's life coachy stuff took me extremely out of everything, but it was just cheesy. But was that keeping up with the old franchise though? Yeah. Yeah, so you know, 
But um, yeah, if you want to know more about our thoughts on the dialogue in the Sam Raimi 2002 Spider-Man, go watch our commentary. Yeah, uh, go watch our commentary Spider that, that we did plug on for our Spider-Man commentary from 2002. But anyway, we shot, a, we shot a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but uh, with the Spider-Man, we got to talk about the villains. Oh yeah, that the, they were. I having all of them back was great, but they were definitely something. But it was kind of you know I was kind of like thinking the same way. With this, with the other Spider Man, like, are they going to, like, are they actually going to have them part of the story? Or are they just going to be like, oh, here they are, you know, right. just fan service the hell out of it? Yeah, and they and they were there for a good amount of time too. Yeah, they actually were just villains. They were kind of more like just like with Toby and Andrew. They were supporting characters. Yeah. And I think the two best that I liked, I think like the best I liked with the villains is they did sort of humanize them. Yeah. Like they turned Doc Ock into a tragic villain. And I kind of like how they argue with like, oh, Norman, you're dead too. You died years ago. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm right here. I thought the banter among the villains was actually kind of funny. And the best upgrade is Jamie Foxx wasn't blue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little fan service there. Jamie Foxx wasn't blue. Thank God. Yeah, right. Because I'll be honest, in when I saw Amazing Spider-Man 2, the worst part of it was Jamie Foxx. Yeah, and he's a great actor, too. I just, I, you know, so... No, he is a great actor, but. And Doc Ock, I really did like, too. Yeah, he was, I mean. Doc Ock, I thought Doc Ock would play more of a role in this, to be honest with you. But I don't know. I think, I think that I thought Doc Ock would play a bigger role, to be honest with you, but I guess I was wrong. No, I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what do you think? As much as I like Sandman, I'll be honest, I think he was just kind of there. Yeah. I mean, I, I like seeing him back. You know, I like seeing Thomas Hayden Church back as Sandman, too. But, that, you know, I, I, I see that. Mr. Sandman, give me your dream. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I think Sandman was just honest to God there. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. And yeah, but um, you know, I do how like they kept the storyline because if you look back at Spider-Man 3, I'd say Flint Marco is basically a villain by circumstance once you think about it. Like he he just did the like as you know he just did that robbery with the guy who killed Uncle Ben just just because he was in a bad situation because he was trying to get the money so his daughter who was terminally ill could get 
a surgery to save her life. Yeah. So I think out of all the villains in the Raimi universe, he is probably the most sympathetic because you can understand. He's basically, before he became Sandman, he was basically doing the wrong thing, but for the right reason. Yeah. I mean, that, that made the most sense, so. But, um, but, you know, like another thing, and this is someone else who I kept forgetting was there, Lizard. Oh, my God, that's right. I completely forgot he was there, too. Yeah, I think he was kind of just there, too. But I did like it was funny going when they put Electro in. Yeah. Into the chamber, and they're like, and Kirk Connors like, oh, Max, you got you to gotta handle, you, you got a makeover. Like, I remember you with a bad teeth and, and a comb over, and look at you now. And be like, I could have given you a makeover. What, turn me into a lizard? Exactly. But yeah, he would have tried to turn us all into lizard. So it was evolution taking its course. Yeah. I got to say, overall, you're fine, you're right. I got to say, overall, though, I got this movie, this movie was honestly, um, there were so many surprises. Yeah. But I gotta tell you, one of the biggest surprises for me. We'll we'll get to it in a little bit, but like I can't wait to talk about Venom. I'm sorry. I have, but I, I just want to. Wanna, just, I just want to say though another thing. Sorry, but um. Yeah, you're fine. Is what I really like. They did this with both Norman Osborn and Doc Ock. That they kind like, especially with Norman Osborn, they kind of explored his psychological state more. Absolutely. Like I. I feel like this was a big step. I feel like they did still have some of the cheesy dialogue because they didn't have a feel a shiver coming down your spine and the itsy bitsy spider went up the water spout. Out yeah. came the goblin and took the spider out. Like they didn't do that. No. Like they still had some of the cheesy dialogue with Norman Osborn, but it wasn't that noticeable. They took, again, they kind of explored his psychological state more. They kind of explored his psychological state more and that he was just a genius that just gone crazy. And, and then you had, uh, and they, they did the same thing with Doc Ock. But no, I don't want to change. And then when they gave him the thing, they're like, Voices. I don't, I don't hear the voices in my head anymore. They kind of explored their psychological state more, which I actually thought was pretty good. I thought that was good too. Yeah. And you know what? I want to give a theory here. And Justin brought this up last week when we had him. Yeah. I think when when um when Norman Osborn goes, Oscorp doesn't exist anymore. Remember the theory that Justin said that Tony Stark bought out Oscorp and became and the building became Stark Industries? Yeah. Or no, maybe it was the opposite. Stark Industries is now Oscorp. I oh, think right, right, yeah. Stark yeah. bought out Oscorp. Anything is possible. Like, I don't know if you remember, and this is kind of a reach here, but if you look back to the first Spider-Man when they say in that meeting with the board. When they're saying, oh, yeah, we're selling. Maybe Oscorp is being bought up by Tony Stark. 
Hey, I, I think that's a definite flag waver right there. You know, I think that that's something. Maybe it's being bought up by Tony Stark. Maybe. It could have been. But I got to say, Green Goblin was a great, great role in this, too. Like I said, I think it was a big step up from the Rainy movies. Oh, yeah, totally. So, so. yeah, but that's what I liked about with Osborne and um, Doc Ock is that they kind of explore the psychological state more that they're just people who went fucking batshit crazy. Yeah, I mean, they, they went really crazy, dude. Feel like they went like. Feel a shiver coming down your spine. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, this movie was full of surprises, full of amazing things in it. And honestly, and they kept it kind of real too. Like it, it still felt like a Marvel film. It wasn't like too extraordinary for me. You know, it wasn't, wasn't too out there, you know? It wasn't too out there at all. No, which is something I was very happy with. Yeah, I was very happy that they were like they're open with it, you know. They 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 had full reins of the writing and directing and all that stuff. So, you know what I want to ask: people are now saying, "Oh, this is the best Spider-Man movie ever made." Do you think that, or I feel let's give it time. Every Spider-Man movie comes out. Let's give it time, Bill. I say we give it time because, honest to God, guys, let's put it this way. This movie was great. This movie was incredible. It did a lot of fan service. It did a lot of fun things. And it did so many incredible things that fans were craving craving for forever, including me. Is it the best Spider-Man movie? No. Is it the best Spider-Man trilogy? Yes. Because let's face it. People still have mixed reactions of Spider-Man 3. There was no The Amazing Spider-Man 3. This is... I would say, why, in my opinion, why they regard it as the best Spider-Man trilogy. What do you think, Bill? I actually think so, too, because if you look at the Raimi movies, first one's yeah, good. Yeah. Not anything special, but good. Yeah, it's a good the, film. The second one is gr- really good. The second one's a lot of fun. It's one of, one of the best, co- widely regarded. People forget really quick. It was widely regarded as one of the best comic book movies ever made, too. It was it was called the best comic book movie ever made until some movie what? called The Dark Knight. Whatever. And yeah. now, <laughs> Spider-Man 3. Okay, I don't want to say it's terrible. There's redeeming qualities. We, we've, talked, we've talked about this, but there, there are redeeming qualities of Spider-Man 3. Yeah, we, we might do a commentary on that in the somewhat near future. Um, yeah, who knows? We might need some alcohol to get through it, but <laughs> anyway. Um, well, but anyway, it's and like, then the Amazing Spider-Man films. Amazing Spider-Man 1? I liked. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it, too. I thought it was a nice, fresh take. I liked it. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 2, the less said about that, the better. Yeah, that would. That I actually not, even I mean, think that's worse than Spider Man Three. A lot of people say that too. Like uh, I, I would say, the, the best part Spider-Man. of it is probably like the last third. And I know yeah, that's kind of more really good. to say when um 
when Gwen Stacy, you know, dies. D- dies. And you see those months Peter is standing at her grave. Yeah. Like, I actually remember seeing that in theaters and, and everyone was like, <gasps> at that scene. But, and you know, there was actually an alternate scene that Peter's father actually comes out of nowhere and just, Peter, it's me, your dad. Really? Yeah, that was going to be the alternate scene because I'm sure that was probably going to be the setup for the next one. Right. And saying something along the lines of Oscorp has something planned and we got to stop and you got to stop them. And because as you as it said in Amazing Spider-Man 2, Richard Parker and Norman Osborne were actually lab partners. Yeah. And I'm guessing the um I'm guessing Richard Parker knew something that Norman Osborne didn't want him to know and he left. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, but yeah, Amazing Spider-Man, I like. Amazing Spider-Man 2 had some good things in it, but again, I, I yeah. say it's worse than Spider-Man 3. And okay. I don't, we're not counting into the Spider-Verse because that's not part of all this, even though I did love it. Right. But, you know, it kind of reminded me of Into the Spider-Verse a little bit. Okay. With the multiverse. Yeah, I, I mean, that's... There's something. And because, you know, and there's a part when Jamie Foxx says, I wonder, wonder if there's a black Spider-Man out there. Maybe hinting that maybe in the future we could we'll be see seeing it. a Miles Morales MCU movie. Long shot. I'm going like, to say that's still a long shot. Even though we just got this, but... I think Miles Morales does exist in the MCU, and I talked about it, folks, and I'll say it again. The scene in Homecoming when Spider-Man is interrogating someone, and that someone turns out to be Aaron Davis, Miles Morales' uncle. And, like, Miles is not mentioned by name, but, like, there's this part of, hey, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I don't want these these weapons in this neighborhood. My nep- I love this neighborhood, and my nephew lives here. And, like, here's the thing. In Homecoming, Spider-Man's about 16. And the way Miles, the way Aaron Davis is talking about Miles Morales, he talks like he's four or five. He's talking like he's still very young. If you go into the Spider-Verse, Miles Morales is, like, 14. And Peter Parker dies at 26. So I'm saying maybe it's all connected. Maybe. But that's just a theory. Anything's possible. A bill theory. A bill theory. But yeah, anyway, I'm. Yeah, so before we get to the other stuff, I do want to talk about. um, I do want to talk about. what did you think of like the side characters like Zendaya as MJ? I thought they, I thought Ned and Zendaya, uh, Ned and MJ were all great. I thought they were all still great. Uh, Ned's they a lot of fun. the roles. Yeah, Ned's Ned, a lot Ned's of fun. I think, I think John Watts 
is going to have a lot of positions opening up in Hollywood. I think he's going to have a lot of future. I mean, aside from doing the next MCU film, which will be a fantastic four film, apparently, um, which I'm excited about. But I think he, him doing a trilogy of Spider-Man films, this capacity, this good, I think his repertoire has gone up in Hollywood. I think he's going to get a lot more offers to do fun films, books on teenagers, to be honest with you. I think he, his John Watts has gone up in Hollywood as far as like his notoriety goes. That's John, me, but John Watts is going to go up in Hollywood. I think, I think his Hollywood, I think his, I think John Watts as a director, his name just got bigger because he just directed three, three, I said three great Spider Man movies. I mean, Homecoming was fun. Far from Home was really fun too. And then this one blew all those out of the water. He made it like, it's funny. Because you know how like most third films in a franchise suck? Yeah, because it's usually with trilogies. Yeah, It's usually the first one's great. The second one is good. With good, not as good as the first one, with some exceptions. That being Godfather 2, Terminator 2, The Dark Knight. And the Empire Strikes Back. Of course. And then you have the third one is usually with again some rare exceptions. That being that being um Logan for Ragnarok and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. But you know what? I would probably put Spider-Man No Way Home in that category. With Logan and Thor. Well, to me, it's a toss-up between No Way Home and Far From Home in the best of that series. Okay. All right. Because what I did really like about Far From Home is, aside from the action, I really liked how they developed Peter and MJ's chemistry. I agree. I really liked how they developed Peter and MJ's chemistry. Like... In the first one, MJ was just kind of there. And like, because, you know, Peter had a crush on another girl, Liz Allen, who was the the daughter of the Vulture. Yeah. And then like at the end of Homecoming being like, oh, what was your name? MJ. At first, I thought that wasn't going to go anywhere. I thought it was going to be like at the end of The Dark Knight Rises when... When they go, oh, when they say to to JGL's character, I like your real name. You should use it more. Robin. And people were speculating, oh my god, is that Robin? No, it's not Robin. I'm thinking they just named him Robin as like a little Easter egg. There's he's not Tim Drake. He's not Jason Todd. He's not Dick Grayson. But like, you know. uh, Yeah. It's kind of like at the end of Homecoming when they were saying, ooh, is that Mary Jane Watson? Right. And again, I thought at the end of Homecoming, it wasn't going to go anywhere. Right. So yeah, they, they did the same reason to MJ with Zendaya of what they did to JGL in The Dark Knight Rises. But then yeah. I remember in, in No Way Home... Mm-hmm. when they were actually 
showing like there was a romance. I'm like, oh my god, they're just going to, they're just like gonna rush this, aren't they? But no, I really like how in Far From Home they actually developed the romance. It was a nice touch. They actually developed it. Yeah, and and, they did a good job with it too. Yeah, and like I said, Ned is absolute, and, and I think it helps with Zendaya and Tom Holland that they're dating in real life. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, I think it helps they're dating in real life, but um, but also Ned, like I said, Ned's also a lot of fun. Ned's a great character. I'm the guy. Remember in the in Homecoming, he's like, "What are you doing?" There's a dance there. Uh, watching porn. That, but, uh, he, he the, the casting for him too was great. That kid. Yeah, I heard he lost a hundred pounds recently. Really? Wow. And hmm. like the more, the more you know. What you think about um about Doctor Strange in the movie? We haven't even touched on that. Um, Doctor Strange, I thought was brilliantly, incredibly used, incredibly used as a such a fantastic plot point to bring these characters into the MCU. I thought he was a fantastic plot point, fantastic use. Benedict Cumberbatch is is that character as far as I'm concerned. He's fantastic. Remember, uh, Sergeant. Peter, we saved the world together. We'll be on the point from calling me, sir. Okay, uh, Steven? Okay, sounds went, sounds weird, but I'll allow it. Yeah. I, I sort of yeah. like, I think in a smaller way, Benedict Cumberbatch in this one is sort of like Tony Stark in Homecoming. Oh, I, I didn't even think of that. That's, that's actually a pretty good uh, analogy, buddy. Because Tony Stark is sort of like the because it kind of touches on Tom Holland's development, and we'll get to that in a second. Okay, first of all, yeah. JT, I want to apologize for monopolizing the conversation here. I really do, dude. Um, I this is why this is why I have you on, <laughs> Bill. This is why I have you on because I know you can go on and on and on and share your opinions and thoughts. Uh, it's all good, buddy. I have no problem with it. <laughs> and I've, I've been I've been keeping the chat board busy too. Yeah, we have some two new people in the chat board. Um, we're gonna I get to your comments and stuff a little bit too. Um, because two of them, their names are extremely hard to pronounce. So, um, one of them is Nanette I Nanette, I I hope I'm saying your name right. Yeah, and I if I do butcher it, I deeply apologize. Um, but anyway, um, what a but you know, it's sort of like how if you remember, like. Tony Stark in the first one was sort of like the sort of like the Uncle Ben sort of father figure type. Yeah. He was that father figure. But I think like Doctor Strange really wasn't the father figure. He was more like the person like fine, you need my help, what do you want? But yeah. you know what? It's like here you can kind of understand <laughs> I love that scene when he goes, even even no matter what happens, Peter, you're just a kid. You need to start taking some responsibility. Yeah. And it's like, it was kind of like that Uncle Ben, sort of like that Uncle Ben, Tony Stark moment. 
when you go like you know I, I trying to college. Yeah, Wait, yeah. you want me to brainwash the world? Like, well, have you um pleaded your case to try to give let them give you another chance? Yeah. With MIT, and he goes, "Wait, you could do that? Did do they have a number on the letter going? Okay, you want me to brainwash the world? Well, you could have just made a phone call. <laughs> That's true. And he throws him out of the chamber. That I was pissing my pants laughing. It was good. There's a lot of charm in me too. A lot of what? Charm. And a lot of uh. And then when the um, yeah, but I I kind of like the when the when Ned and um and MJ are in the chamber, like I can't believe we're in this chamber. And then Darcy goes, neither do I. He's sort <laughs> of like right. the disinterested. Like if you see that part when he's like, this is why I never had kids. <laughs> That's right. And he's, um, I was gonna say. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go on. Oh. No, I was gonna say, you mentioned a father figure role. Iron Man played that role in the first one of the father figure to Tony, uh, to Peter Parker, right? Mm-hmm. In the second one, Morbius. No, 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 not, not Morbius. Uh, technically, was that guy? He was technically that for a little bit. He was that father figure, and Nick Fury was mainly. But for a little bit, I mean, when when uh when he gave Mysterio the glasses. In the second one, you know, that kind of signified that, oh, he's, he's looking up to him. And he also looks up to Nick Fury and happy as well. But in this one, I think, th- I think you're right, Bill. I think Dr. Strange did play that father figure role really well, actually, for, um, for uh, Peter Parker in this one. I think yeah, I agree. but um, I kind of feel like this also comes on Tom Holland's Peter Parker's development. Like, in the first one, he is that kid who's just like, come on, I want to be an Avenger. I want to be an Avenger. He was a, he was purely a kid in that. And, like, Tony Stark's like, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. Yeah. It's sort of like what I said in... I've said this a bunch of times. I think that was the benefit of having... Tom Holland. Because if you having having an actor that young, if you had someone like Tobey Maguire who was nearly thirty, and Andrew Garfield who was also nearly thirty at that time, and they were acting like that, you'd be like, "Kid, shut up." Yeah, I would. You're thirty years old. Start acting like a freaking adult. Yeah, literally. But now we have an actor who's playing Spider-Man who's really young. And you also see in the second one, you can see he's sort of mo- more grown up a little bit. Now that Tony yeah. Stark is gone, he wants, when he's thinking he's going to be the next Tony Stark, and then Happy goes, listen, you're not going to be the next Tony Stark. No one's going to be the next Tony Stark. You just got to be Peter Parker. And this one, I'm going to be honest. I feel like there was some immaturity on on Peter on Peter's part. What in this one? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Like sort of like saying, 
like sort of the part thinking like, oh, I can, I can just, you know, I can just make them all good, which does exactly happen. Like, okay, Peter, you're being a little naive here. Like, and then the second time, and then the the other time is again when he was going to Doctor Strange to tell them to, you know, erase the world, you know, to basically brainwash everyone so he could get into college. Like, dude, all you had to do was make a phone call and try to yeah, plead but, their case. Yeah, literally. All you had to do, Peter, was have a phone call. All you had to do was have a phone call. Instead of making a mess of villains everywhere. Yeah, but you know what? It does show maturity that he's like, you know what? This is my mess, and I got to clean it up. Yeah, at least it shows that maturity there. Yeah. But, um, you know, I there are two characters that I do want to talk about. Um, One who I think just didn't need to be in this movie. Who? Flash Thompson. Yeah, I would say that's a weak part. Saying Flash was a weak part. Flash was just no sleep till Boston. I'm like, yeah, what a jerk. It's like I think in this series they tried to make him the more smart version. While in the Raimi movies, he tended to be more like the dumbass jock. Right. Like in the wet in the Andrew Garfield movies, they tend to be more. Like, he, he was only in the first one, I think. In the first Andrew Garfield movie. I don't Who was? Who was oh, yeah, Flash? I, I don't yeah, remember. I know the, the original films, one. yes. The second one, he wasn't there. Yeah, but this one, he just didn't need to be neat. He just didn't need to be made. Just didn't need to be in there. I yeah. felt like all the scenes, if you just took all the scenes with him in it, you wouldn't have missed a thing. Or the one scene when, you know, he calls him when he's at that mixer for MIT going, yeah, you got to go talk to the um, lady, but she's on her way to the airport. Like that was the only useful scene he was in. Right. And the second one, this one I'm a little skeptical on. I don't know if I really like J. Jonah Jameson in this one. It's J.K. Simmons. Oh no, I liked him. I, he's funny, but I kind of don't like how they reduced him to basically like, like Alex Jones. Oh well, I mean, I don't know. That's well, like the set of his show is very similar to Alex Jones. That's that is true. That is true. Make J. Jonah Jameson Alex Jones. Yeah, I mean, I do see where you're coming from. I'm just, I just, I don't know. I think there's few actors that could actually be the same. To, 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 listen, when you reboot a franchise, you don't, you get rid of everything. New director, new writer, new cast, new everything. But the one exception was J.K. J, J. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. And I got to tell you, I think he, I think he did a good job. Me personally, that's me though. That's me. I agree. To an extent, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I do see we're going from here. He, he looked like a CNN anchor for a little bit, you know. 
And you know what? At, at this point, I because when we did the Spider-Man 2002 commentary. Yeah. There was one scene I laughed my ass off at. Which one was that? When Green Goblin cra- crashes the Daily Bugle and goes, Jameson, you slime! Oh, yeah. If he did that again, I would actually kind of find that amusing. <laughs> Missed opportunity, damn it. <laughs> because, no, in this one, he really is a slime ball. Yeah. Like, he is. They kind of made him, like, and he's, like, doing the show. Did you see, like, he's doing the show out of his basement. Not that I have against people who do their shows out of their basements. Yeah, are you thinking of who I'm thinking of? (laughs) We we both do our shows out of our basements. We do. We do. It's okay. And he's like, yeah, I think they just kind of reduced him to sort of like the weird conspiracy theory Alex Jones type. But, um... See, yeah, I mean, I I tend to agree with that though, but he, he was, but the fact that J.K. Simmons back that was a big was a big step though. But I think having him maybe as that kind of really shows an upgrade that from going something like print media like we saw in the first Raimi movies to yep. to now like more online media. So maybe that was maybe a sort of commentary on that. Are we going from print to online? Maybe. I mean, I, honestly, I maybe they stepped it up a little bit. But um, but yeah. Before we get into the end credit scene, we got to talk about the ending. Oh yeah, the ending, the final battle, the final battle, which was cool. But then, you know how they how the villains are all redeemed, and then that final. When, when Doctor Strange was, I can't hold them anymore. Oh yeah, there's only one way to. There's only one thing you got to do. I have to do the spell, and nobody's gonna remember you. That was emotional for me, personally. Because I remember on Monday, the morning I saw it, I looked on my Facebook page. There was a picture of. Tom Holland and Zendaya going, yeah, this picture kind of kind of changes meaning after the end of the Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm like, oh shit, did she? Did they? I was that yeah. first thinking that they were gonna kill her off. Because they did that shot in the trailer when she's falling is exactly similar to when Gwen Stacy died. I'm like, oh my god, are they gonna Gwen Stacy her? Yeah, I, I'm glad they didn't, though. I kind of like that part, though, when Andrew Garfield saved her. And he's like, and he's like, thank Oh, my God, thank you. You're welcome. And and I remember somebody in the theater shouted when they were, when they showed her falling, thinking, thinking, not again. <laughs> someone actually yelled that? Yeah, someone shouted, not again. Oh my god, <laughs> that's funny. That's kind of in bad taste. But that yeah, really, right. that last scene though, before in the final fight, what I really loved though was when, when um, 
when Goblin, when he says to Goblin, going, I'm going to kill you myself. And then he goes, that a boy. And he's like, in that part, when he takes the glider, he's about to like, and then Toby Maguire just stands between him and stops him. Yeah. Because that was showing like killing him isn't going to change anything. It's not going to do anything. Right. And that, and that was a good job on Toby Maguire, Peter Parker's part. Yeah. But then that scene when Dr. Strange's like, I can't hold him anymore. And the only thing I can do is do the spell and make sure nobody remembers you. Yeah. And and then nobody remembers him. Which oh, that was a sad part. I wonder how they're going to move forward with that. You you want to know something? What? I think MJ still remembers him. I would say so. I think there's a possibility. Because if you see it, he's I think she's wearing that necklace he gave her in No Way Home. Oh, no. oh right, right, right. Yeah. Then he goes, it doesn't hurt anymore. So I'm like sitting there thinking, I think she still remembers him. Mm. I, I didn't even think about that. That's true. And well, because I think it's like what that saying goes. You die twice. Once when you stop reading, and the second time when your name is spoken for the last time. Yeah. And I just, and I got to admit, it was kind of emotional, but then you, it shows Peter sort of trying to get his life back together. He has his own apartment now. And that final scene when he's swinging and he swings by the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree, I'm like, whoa, that was pretty cool. That was. Yeah. So what, we, what did you say, think about the ending? I thought the ending was brilliant. I mean, it goes back to what we said about the trilogy thing, though. I think this was a great ending to a great movie, which was the third film in a trilogy of films. And I think that there's this has opened up them a lot as far as this just this to me shows that Marvel can do anything. If they really put their minds to it, they can do anything with the right director, the right script, the right actors. And this is proof that it works in a story as complicated as this. So that's me. Um, I want to overall, like, I, I, we're going to get to our ratings in a little bit, but like, I, overall, I love this movie. Oh, I, I loved too. it. I thought it was, do what I say, it's the best Spider Man film we've ever gotten. No, it's definitely in the top three, top two or th- three, but it's definitely, to okay, me, give me your top three right now. Oh, boy. Um, you're gonna think I'm crazy. So um, my number one, uh, my number three Spider-Man movie right now, I would actually say is Spider-Man: Homecoming. Okay. I like that one. I, that was a fun reintroduction to the character. I love it. <laughs> actually, him in high school, not like in college, or you know. I think Justin um, said it best. It's basically like if John Hughes directed a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, exactly. It has a John Hughes vibe. Uh, I, I say Spider-Man: Homecoming. I would say. I would say. To be honest, number two, as of it might change in the coming days, but this one, my number two is going to be this film, Spider-Man: No Way Home, because this it was it was everything you wanted in a Spider-Man movie and more. 
It was everything you wanted in a Spider-Man movie more. But I'm going to say my number one that was still Spider-Man 2 from 2004. Okay. Because I would I say that this is the greatest Spider-Man movie? Let's wait and see how it holds up in a year or two. I agree with you. Because Spider-Man 2 has held up for so many people since 2004, and we're approaching 2024. So put it that way for a second. It still holds up. So how is this film going to hold up in the next three or four years? We'll have to wait and see. But I think if I I was to put money on, so number three is Spider-Man Homecoming. Number two is Spider-Man No Way Home, this film. And then number one would be Spider-Man 2. That's for me personally. Some people are saying it's the greatest Spider-Man movie ever. I see their points, but for me personally, it's that. Out of the trilogy, like I said, I would say the toss-up between this one and Far From Home. Okay. I love... I I love Homecoming, too. I love Homecoming. I love one of those trilogies. It's going to be tough. Where things got progressively better. Yeah, it's one of the few trilogies where things got better. Yeah, you know, but like, it's like if you look, two things that come to actually a few that come to mind. What one is the Thor trilogy? Well, the first one was okay, wasn't good, wasn't bad. It was just that was good. I, you know, it was, it was okay. Father second one was bad. The Dark World, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's all right. And the third one was great. I would actually to to not to um, I would say this was the reverse. Actually, I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna actually. I'm, I'm not gonna pair compare superhero trilogies. I'm gonna compare trilogies in general. I would say this is this is very similar to the Toy Story trilogy, where the first one is really good. It's great, great movie. Second one got better. Third one was really good. I, I haven't seen four. I can't comment on it, but. That's the way I look at this 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 set of Spider-Man films with Homecoming, No Way, uh, Spider-Man, Far From Home, and No Way Home. That's yeah. how I would rank it. I would compare and it to the Toy Story one films. Compare it to, I think, would say is the Captain America trilogy. First the one's Captain good. America trilogy is. I didn't even think of that. That's a good comparison too. Second one, what I feel like, if you ask me of those three, I would say, I don't want to say when, um. The first Avenger is the worst, but I think that's kind of a good thing to say because it shows the films got progressively better. I I know you you and I are completely agree with me. I actually love the first Captain America film. It was one of and the first films. I, I feel like they got stronger. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like they got stronger. And I think that's a good thing to say. Like and like here, I don't want to say Homecoming was the weakest, but it shows the other, it shows the movies got better. And yeah, that's very I, I rare for trilogies because usually yeah. the first one's great, the second one's good with some rare exceptions, and the third one is garbage. Right. Here, like, even if the third one isn't as good as the first two, it's still a strong trilogy. Yeah. It's like, look at uh, another example Lord of the Rings, one, two, three. Great, great, incredible. Um, you know, you I, how is, now here's the bigger, they're okay. I'm just using that as an example because I will acknowledge the greatness of those films. Hear me out for a second. How, what, hey, Bill, here's a, this is going to be a trivia question from JT, not a random fact with Bill. Um, where, where will, where will this trilogy, since we're talking about it, where will this trilogy rank in the next five years? Ooh, are we talking about among comic book movies or just overall? 
In general, I mean, like, because I mean, I would not like the Dark Knight trilogy. I don't have it in my top five trilogies of all time. I don't personally, because it's been so many really, really good trilogies. But I would, probably put, that, right? my, I would probably put this in my top five. I don't know yet. Yeah, because like you got to think about it. there's Toy Story. There's I mean, whether you like it or not, the Godfather, trilogy. there's Star Wars, Indiana Jones. There is um, oh, Indiana Jones is in a trilogy. Well, for me, it is. That's me. No, you can't. You got to face facts. There's a fourth one. There's no fourth one, Bill. We all know it. We have to do there's a commentary no on that one. There's just like there's a Toy Story 4. What are we talking about? <laughs> uh, anyway, you know no, we're going to have a topic. Okay, but, yeah. but anyway, now we got to talk about the end credit scene. Oh, yeah. So scene. overall, though, we both love this movie. Now we're going to talk about the end credit scene. Here we go. And well, first, the mid credit, which was the. Full, again, if, you, if, you, if you've been with this, this whole time, spoilers ahead. But oh, my God, I got more and more excited. Bill? Oh, okay. For those of you who did... Okay. For those of you who don't remember what we're talking about, Eddie Brock is in a bar and he's drunk. Yeah. And then he's talking about... Oh, so there's a guy in a tin suit, a purple alien who snaps fingers and everything's dead. And then you're, Eddie, we're drunk. And then says something about Spider-Man and then like, Oh, could we be? And and then a little bit of the symbiote comes off. And then, and okay, for those of you who didn't see Venom, let there be carnage. Shame. There was in the end credit scene. There's a scene that Venom and Eddie are just hanging out in their hotel room in Mexico, and. And then they're watching the, basically the last scene from Spider-Man Far From Home. When, and they said, oh, we got to take care of this. Because when we saw that, I'm thinking, holy shit, is Venom going to be in No Way Home? Is Venom going to be in No Way Home? I saw, I thought the same thing, bud. Because I'm sitting there thinking, is this going to be a setup? For is this going to be a setup for because you know I want to ask you now, do you think Venom is now in the MCU? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I would I would think so based on the end credit scene, but he said he did say we're gonna go after Spider, we're gonna go after Spider-Man, so but then you see yeah. the symbiote at the end thinking like, oh, are we going to be seeing next one, maybe the black suit Spider-Man? Maybe. Because I told you what I was hoping for and those hopes and dreams were dashed. Yeah, unfortunately. Like, I was hoping at the end of Far From Home we were going to see Eddie Brock go, hey, Parker, I need your help with something. And that was going to be the setup to let there be carnage. Right. Because in the comics, Spider-Man and Venom teamed up to fight carnage. Correct. I'm thinking, ooh, is Spider-Man going to appear in Venom, let there be carnage? Yeah. 
or but like here's the thing. I think this is a possible setup for a Spider-Man versus Venom movie. I think so. I think this is a possible setup. And this time you're gonna do it right. Yeah. I think this time they're gonna do it right. Like like um Venom. Because here's the thing. They rated those two Venom movies PG thirteen. When we know they should have been rated R. Why? You know why. They want to do an eventual Spider-Man v. Venom. Of course. They want to do an eventual Spider-Man versus Venom. So they want to keep it PG-13. And, yeah, no blood, unfortunately. (laughs) And so, but, you know, there were... Because there was talk at first that they were going to do a new trilogy, but it was going to be with Sony, not Marvel. Correct. But now I got word from my dear, dear friend Justin that Sony and Disney are in development talks for a Spider-Man four. Nice. That like nothing has been confirmed yet. But they're in talks. Do That'd not be great. Be- so maybe is this going to be a setup for a Spider-Man versus Venom movie? I think anything's possible at this point. And you know what I hope what I was hoping from in No Way Home? That Topher Grace's Venom was gonna come and Tom Hardy's Venom was going, no! And just eat him. That would have been great. Yes, that's all that grace. Suck it, that's grace. ultimate fan service right there. That's what's sucking in Spider Man 3, Toad for Grace. That would have been funny, but anyway, um, yeah, but could we possibly be seeing? Could we possibly be seeing a, a crossover yeah, between the two? Yeah, like, I think it's very possible. I think we I could agree. be in a Spider-Man v. Venom movie very soon. That would be incredible. And this time they're going to do it right. So. I hope so. I hope so, bud. Yeah, or we're just going to see, or maybe we'll see, what with the symbiote, I'm thinking, are we going to see Black Suit Spider-Man? Listen, say what you want about Spider-Man 3, and trust me, there's a lot to say about Spider-Man 3, but at least the black yeah. suit actually did look pretty cool. It really did. It looked dope. The black suit did look pretty cool. Um, But, but yeah, I'm going to see, um, but, yeah, that's a big thing, and this leads to some other questions too. Um, okay, like Venom, what? okay, what do you have thoughts about the mid credit scene for Ven- uh, for the Venom scene? I think that it was short, it's set up, it's set up what's possible. They did leave behind some Venom in the MCU because I, I think based on what we saw, Venom went back to his own universe, which is fine. But I think 
let's face it, if the multiverse, if Doctor Strange 2, which we'll get to in a second, the multiverse of madness does anything, I'm sure Venom could pop up at some point too. I think, so any, I think literally think anything is possible. So basically the end credit scene was the trailer to Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, it was released early. Like For those who don't know, the Doctor Strange, uh, the end of Spider-Man Homecoming, the very, very end of the movie is the trailer for Doctor Strange 2, the Multiverse of Madness, which I am thrilled about. I, would, I cannot wait to see that movie. Because Doctor Strange 1 was so much fun, such a surprise for me. I love the character, but I was like, how are they going to do this in the MC? And that's sure if they nailed it. But I cannot wait. And basically, so without going into too much detail, like basically it's, a, it's the trailer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That's all it is. It's nothing, it's nothing super crazy. It's nothing like, oh, well, you know. It's not like, you know, it's a nice setup. Wan is back in it for a little bit. Wong is back in it. Um, there's a lot of different stuff in it. So, But it looks good, though, based on what we saw. Yeah, because... What do you think? Yeah, I know. I think it looks really good. When does it come out again? Next year, it comes out on May 6th, 2022. And actually, it's funny. It's so funny we saw this. Sam Raimi is directing, and Danny Elfman is doing the score. Hmm. This is great. Me smells a Spider-Man cameo at some point. (laughs) And glad you brought that up. Do you think, um, because there's, I've been thinking, um, do you, this is technically Tom Holland's last film in his contract. Yeah. I mean, I, will we see him again? I would not be surprised if he's, he's, he signed on for one more solo film and one more appearance. In no, he's not. Film. So no, I think it was six. I thought it was six films. I thought three ensemble and three solo films. Then I might be wrong on that. That might be wrong. But hey, anything. You, you, what talks, Bill? Money, because this movie's doing great at the box office right now. Yeah, despite a pandemic going on, it's doing incredible numbers at the box office, which is great. Hold on, I want to check the numbers so far. For what, the box um, office? So far, the gross revenue is $751.3 million. How much? $751.3 million. I literally checked earlier yesterday morning, and it was at $500 million opening weekend. That's crazy. That this movie so far has gained over two hundred million dollars in just over twenty four hours. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I want to check out what the budget on this film was. Um, hundred million? Is that right? Um, hold on. It says right now that No Way Home was the second biggest box office opening ever. Really? The first one being the first one being Star Wars, right? Yeah, I think so. No, no, wait, no. Endgame. Endgame. Sorry, I knew it was something like that. And 
And, you know, because a lot of people are saying, because, you know, other movies are being released now, like the new Matrix movie. The King's Man is coming out. King's Man comes out today. The new Sing movie. Like, are they going to be able to... Are they going to... at the box office? Are they going to be able to put up this competition? I don't know. We got, we got some. We got some competition in the box office, ladies and gentlemen. Like, if this movie becomes like the highest grossing movie this year, I will not be surprised. Of course. And this movie only came out like the last two weeks of the year. Yeah, that's nuts. It's going pretty fast too to to, to get high numbers at the box office. And plus, with the pandemic raging. Yep. You would think. Well, because I think because a lot of people, and I think maybe because it was exclusively in theaters, because now, but now I'm like reading this article from the Hollywood Reporter, now this movie's going to have competition again with Sing 2, Matrix Resurrection, and Kingsman. Yeah. Which I've heard mixed things on both Matrix and Kingsman, but we'll see. And it's the second biggest domestic opening of all time. So if the money goes forward on on its opening weekend, this is according to the Hollywood Reporter. Yeah. On its opening weekend, Spider-Man commanded more than 92% of all business. In wow. Wow. That's something. Like, and you know what? Here's, I think, that kind of that kind of sums everything up. This is a quote from Comscore's Paul I can't pronounce his last name. If you're watching out there, buddy, I'm sorry. But I think he says it perfectly. There's very much a one movie marketplace of Spider-Man No Way Home operating in an alternate multi-universe where concerns over COVID doesn't exist. Is now for leaving the box office chrome to all the other... You know what? I think this movie's doing well because our lives have been absolutely miserable for the last almost two years with this virus. Yeah. Um, You know, a lot of people would debate movie theaters maybe shouldn't be open right now. Right. And listen, regardless on, we're not getting into what your what people's stances on the, on the vaccine or anything. I'm vaccinated. JT's vaccinated. That's our personal choice. Whatever your decision is, it's your decision. But yep, I think maybe right now we need movies like this. Yeah, we need help. We need movies like this. Like, we need we need escapism. And I think this I, agree. What, I think what that guy said, this is in an alternate universe where COVID doesn't exist. And I think maybe Spider-Man, like you just said, is giving people hope. I agree. I I, I completely agree with that. Because if you look through history, like for instance. During the Great Depression, the only business that was doing well was the movie business. Absolutely. 100%. Because people were going to the theaters to forget about their problems. Yeah. And 
And you know what? From not just from a, but maybe from a business standpoint, I think this movie could save movie theaters. Absolutely. Because even like during COVID, people were talking about people were talking about, you know, are movie theaters gonna survive in the post-COVID world? Because one of the things is everything is gonna, you know, everything is now on streaming service. Yep, but this one said exclusively in theaters. And you know what? Because I think people were like, you know what? Yeah, COVID's raging, but you know what? We'll take the precautions. We'll go out and see this. Because if there's one fan base you never doubt, never doubt the loyalty of Marvel fans. Absolutely. Like, they will go, like, everyone was running out to see this. Yeah, and Shang-Chi as well. And, yeah, so. Yeah, but specifically this one, because, again, I think in this whole world this movie's given us hope this movie's given us two and a half hours where we don't have to think about where we don't have to think about covid and all the misery that's going on yeah we can just enjoy enjoy and and another thing i think this movie sort of brings people together in another way um because you have three different Spider-Mans in this movie. Yeah. Whether you grew up on the Tobey Maguire ones like I did. Or whether you grew up on the Andrew Garfield ones. Yep. Or whether you grew up with Tom Holland. It has something for everyone. Yeah. It's an event. Yeah. And by the way, finally, Andrew Garfield, they can leave you alone now. <laughs> and now you can exactly. focus on your Oscar campaign for Tick Tick Boom in the eyes of Tammy Faye because absolutely uh, Justin talked about this last week. Poor Andrew Garfield, like when he's like going out to promote Tick Tick Boom or in the eyes of Tammy Faye. Like look, the one thing they ask him, "Are you going to be in Spider Man No Way Home?" Oh, Liar! God. I feel like. You know what? My wish for for Mr. Garfield is I hope he either gets nominated for either Tick, Tick, Boom or The Eyes of Tammy Faye. And I hope he wins that freaking Oscar. And I hope he wins it. So he could be like, okay, yeah, I was in Spider-Man, but guess what? I now have an Oscar. Well, Tobey Maguire is kind of, I don't want to say he's irrelevant, I don't know. Would you say Tobey Maguire is kind of irrelevant now? Not really. I mean, he's still he's still uh, done. He's done a couple of films. But when you think of Tobey Maguire, what's the main thing you think of? Spider Man. That's the only thing you think of. Yeah. Like you know, he was also in Sea Biscuit. Yeah, he was in The Great Gatsby. He was in The Great Gatsby with his BFF Leo. His BFF Leo. So. But yeah, um, I think this movie, again, has something for everyone, whether you grew up with the Raimi films, with the web films, with the MCU films. And I think that's why this movie is great. I think so, too, Bill. I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. So, yeah. How would you, how would you rate it? 
nine out of ten, ten out of ten. What would you rate it? I'm giving it a nine out of ten. No way, buddy. You know what this means, right? Should we say it together? One, two, three. We swear! I also gave this one a nine out of ten. I gave this movie a nine out of ten as well. Yeah, it was just that good. Know where I would rank it in the Spider-Man movies? I either need to think about it, or, or maybe I need to see it again. I don't know, but yeah, I, I, I gotta give myself time with it. But yeah, it's like you gotta process where would you put this. It's tough. I mean, a lot of people are saying it's the best Spider-Man film we have. A lot of people say it's up there for sure. I mean, some people say it's like it's lower than where they want it to be. I know it's. I'm hearing nothing but positivity. So nothing but positivity. Nothing but positivity. So is that going to do it for us tonight, Bill? I think so. Any other final comments, last-minute concerns for Spider-Man? No Way Home's full-on spoilers discussion. No, I think we got everything. Well, in that case, thank you to everyone, as always, for joining us on our fun full discussion. Thank you so much for the chat board for you guys were chatting all night with me and keeping us entertained while we're going about this. And ultimately, guys, what matters is you have to say. Jump down in the comment section below. Share your thoughts on this. And if you're listening to us on our podcast, subscribe to our, our podcast as well. We do this every Wednesday night, simply around 7 o'clock EST. And uh, it's our show in mixed bag. Um, look for a couple of things coming up on the channel soon. On From my end, I'm going to be doing a couple of things as well. And like Tomorrow uh, yeah. we might do something for Christmas, but we're not 100% sure what time yet. We're not sure if we're going to do it or not, but we will. I will let you guys know tomorrow morning if that's the case. Yeah, we um, might Bill. just do something for like an hour or two because I can't do it tomorrow yeah. night because I got because I got Thursday night gridiron to do. So, on what network again? Sports Insanity Network. Check us out on all platforms. Don't forget to check out the Sports Insanity podcast. Shameless You'll love block. to see it. Shameless. You'll love block. to see it, bud. So well, but yeah, this yeah, was an amazing film. We loved it. We loved it. It was guys. amazing. This was spectacular. I'm gonna use all these Spider-Man, you know. Spider-Verse words. Yeah. <laughs> but I love this movie. I love this movie so much. I thought it was fantastic. What do you guys have to say about this? Jump down in the comment section below, share your thoughts on this. And if you haven't seen it already, go see it. It's totally worth it. So I can't recommend this enough, guys. Um, anyway, that'll do it for us here at the Super Show. If you like what's here, hit the bell, subscribe to the channel, and we'll see you guys next time. We're next Wednesday for next for our next episode.